All right. Um, hey guys, uh, welcome to the Big Fail podcast. Uh, we're here with our wonderful guest, Mr. Santosh Nagarakete, uh, associate professor at Rutgers University in New Jersey right now. Thank you, sir, for joining in and uh, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Uh, thanks again for inviting me and I'm excited to talk to you. Great, sir. All right. So for those of you who are new to the podcast, uh, the Big Fail is a podcast aiming to give you some quality insights behind life lives of successful individuals because we're so blinded by the success that we forget that there were a lot of hardships for them uh, being where they are right now and these are the things you won't find in books and you'll only receive from like proper conversation with these people so um thank you so much for joining us sir um how are you how do you feel <laughs> i'm doing good so uh, uh, the fall is starting and the winter is uh, coming here right so it's already uh, the temperatures are dropping so uh, time to uh, wear more jackets now <laughs> all right so um for a brief brief overview of uh, what sir's previous um, com- uh, you know education has been so santosh sir completed his undergrad in computer engineering in 2005 followed by which he pursued an msc in computer science from the very prestigious indian institute of science he uh, then proceeded to pursue a phd in computer and information science from university of pennsylvania and uh, currently he is the associate professor and the undergrad uh, undergraduate program director of computer science at Rutgers University all right so i think that put things into perspective for our audience <laughs> so let's get started with some questions sir um all right so your um, education was like throughout like from 2000s to like i mean it's still ongoing right now and uh, the tech industry has been evolving constantly and there are new things new trends happening so how do you adapt to these changes and um, how do you get in with the you know on the go movement awesome so this is a great question right so change is a fact of life so everything changes we are if humans were still in the uh, um, ancient times we would still be having just cartwheels right so but like you evolve so same thing with any field change is a constant uh, yeah so it changes a bit more dramatic in computer science technologies change um so so if you want to be successful in any career you should adapt to change and stay relevant and the key thing to staying relevant and adapting to change is there is no end to learning yes so learning is constant so you have to learn new things and it takes conscious effort right so Uh, life has a lot of a uh, lot of things that you need to do in life so time just like um, is spent on various things so you have to budget like some amount of time to learn new things and you should also like there are so many things you cannot be a master of everything you should prioritize what you want to do so so this requires a bit of vision and this drive to learn constantly so the key thing i would emphasize though so what is the what is the key thing from key thing that you would expect from a computer science education the key thing you want from a computer science education is the knowledge about abstractions problem solving skills and critical thinking skills this is what you would want to learn from a computer science degree and then on like you just have the drive to enhance or finesse these skills over a long period of time so i this is what uh, this is what i have been doing uh, every 5 years i try to push myself in a domain which i have never done so for example in my undergrad days it was computer networks in my master and phd days it was hardware and compilers 
and like when i next 5 years it has been formal verification and now next 5 years i'm looking at like deep analytical math how do you design math libraries and other things so awesome. i would say like uh, adapt to change and stay relevant Yes. So um, since there were so many possibilities in CS and uh, you have been, you know, venturing into various fields within CS, did you always want to get into academia or was there like a turning point of sorts where you realized that research and like teaching was your passion? So that's a good question. So to be honest, like most people don't know what they want to do. And like I, I like most people was like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, I joined Suratkal because I loved math. and it took a lot of math courses and uh, as with any suratkal graduate like i got like multiple job offers and i would have been happy taking them and then like i i thought like uh, i was hearing about this iisa and lot of like summer research programs there so let me go and see what research is this was my play and around the same time when i was a student uh, there was a fantastic research result from india polynomial prime primality testing is in polynomial time primality testing in is in p uh, this was from manindra kariya manindra agarwal from iit kanpur fantastic result i was excited by them this was produced as a result of the research work of lot of phd students at iit kanpur and i was excited by it and i wanted to explore what research is so i wrote uh, the entrance exam for a gate uh entrance exam called gate and then i got a reasonable rank joined iisc and iisc has two programs mtech with coursework and msc by research uh, where you do very few courses but do spend a lot of time on research and you have to do an interview so i took the msc by research and um at this point in time there were two things right so uh, i started doing research and i had good mentors who guided me at various points right and suratkal Uh, i had good good computer science instructors but like dr shankar was instrumental like he inspired me about uh, um primality testing uh, number theory so i was excited by it so uh, shankar was kind of instrumental and he had his phd from iisc and i was kind of like yeah it looks iisc looks like a good place i should consider so then i went to iisc uh, my advisor there was govindarajan ramaswamy and he was uh, a csa and scrc professor and the director of a chairman of cs uh, scrc and he guided me into like architecture and like the peers in his group guided me about architecture and then on uh, he suggested like oh i should try out like research in the us uh, do a phd in the us so then i applied to a lot of phd schools i went for a phd at university of pennsylvania and my i had a fantastic advisor milo martin and um, i learned a lot from him and uh, and i enjoy my phd days so much that i wanted to be a phd student throughout my life <laughs> and 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 this is where like i had to find a job like and one one other thing that my advisor gave me that was fantastic was santosh find a job where you will be happy every day like most of the time you have to do a lot of things right so oh i have to go to this job like don't find a job don't pick a job where you will be like not excited about going again every day so so I wanted to be a PhD student like so my goal was to find a job where I'll look forward to do something interesting every day and being a professor in academia was like a right thing so you can do this in industry too so the other thing that really resonated with me was the fact that I when I was working with my advisor I saw like the nurturing that an advisor does to the PhD student right so you see like it's like you have you are a biological father right or a biological parent you have your baby like you nurture them like first k years is like there is joy and also a lot of struggle right 
but then on the your children gone to do like really cool things there is joy in this right so the same thing with being an academic advisor so uh, i had this process of mentoring was kind of like resonated with me i wanted to mentor students so this is why i become a professor so i um, i love teaching too like teaching is so one of the cool things about teaching is if you want to be a good researcher you should be a good explainer if you cannot express your thoughts uh, you can't be a good researcher and uh, to be a good teacher you have to express your thoughts so it's just a, being a teacher is a side effect of uh, <laughs> being a good researcher and but it's, it goes both ways right being a good researcher makes you a good teacher being a good teacher makes you a good researcher so this is why if you are in academic in the us so you do both research and teaching pretty well all right so i think i i, I would say like just sorry to cut you but <laughs> uh, so i, I would say uh, i think no one plans like what Uh, whether i want to be in academia or in research or in research or i want to be in industry the people start out like explore all your options and life is a journey take wherever it goes yes indeed all right so um, to give a little perspective to our audience sir has received so many awards i possibly cannot cover all of them in this um, but some of them include uh, facebook networking systems award google research award uh, nsf career award and uh, multiple awards for like research papers from like uh, ieee and iacm and everything so so you even received an intel grant uh, for uh, a research on like compiler bugs i believe could you please uh, yeah so uh explain the research what the topic was okay. cool cool so so one line summary of my research is everyone writes program so i want to ensure that your programs run faster and safer mm-hmm. okay so so to ensure that your programs run safer i translate your programs into math because math is an ambiguous and then show uh, all the things that we want holds in the math world and this applies to your program and this area is called as formal verification right. so typically like when i ask my students to write a program what do they do they write a program uh, i give them some test cases so it works on all the test cases my program works mm-hmm. but have you considered all test cases even for a very small program you have gazillion number of test cases you can't enumerate everything Yeah. so this is where using math makes your uh, ensures that you can show interesting things about your program safety properties about your program mm-hmm. the next thing is like you have to make your program say uh, faster right like yeah. uh, what has happened in the computer science field is people used to write in assembly code like 30 years ago yeah because performance was extremely important but now the pro- your systems have become so much faster that you can run uh languages with multiple levels of indirection right javascript or java they don't directly uh, translate one to one to your assembly so there are a lot of indirection but like there is cost right there is no there is no free lunch in life right or in programs too so you there is a cost and who is absorbing this cost the hardware is absorbing this cost and making your programs run faster mm-hmm. so how do you design such abstractions So my Google Research Award was and Google Research Award and SF Career Award was uh, on uh, making your programs, uh, making your compilers safer or correct mm-hmm. by using formal methods. So my Intel Award was like during my PhD thesis, I designed a technique to make your programs memory safe. 
people write a code like a simple bug becomes a security vulnerability and you know attacker takes control of your system so i propose a technique how do you avoid such security vulnerabilities but with both hardware and software extensions and intel like this idea so they built it on the chip like uh, you can buy an intel processor with uh, something known as memory protection extensions which is exactly similar to what i proposed in my dissertation and uh, intel has been uh, generous enough to support my research for with multiple gifts great great um so i was searching some of your papers and uh, there was one which was cited like so many times i believe it's extremely important uh, it was about it was a softbound highly compatible and complete spatial memory safety for c projects and you were talking about how uh, buffer overflows in various apps cause security vulnerabilities and um, uh, so what was the motivation behind it like how did you uh, Uh, yeah so so this was my phd thesis project like i can tell you a nice story about it so what happened was um people wrote c code when like uh, when things were not interconnected right like internet was just like university computers connected to each other so so people wrote code like if you had a bug uh, uh if it has a bug so then what would happen is your program would just crash you would get a segmentation fault your program would crash and like you restart it it will work but now when once the machines became interconnected now there was incentive for people to attack your system mm-hmm. now like if a remote attacker can control your system they can they can do a lot of interesting things let's say there is a there's an ipl going on let's say there is an ipl final uh, in a few weeks right so uh, at least like uh, 10 million people watch it Yeah. and there's a lot of money that everyone makes out of it like uh, the broadcasters and now um, the attackers have an incentive so what do they do so the, if you have a single server that is delivering all this video they can do a denial of service and to do to denial of service you don't need one machine like you need an army of machines sending requests to this server right so that like the server is overloaded and it cannot respond so how do you get army of machines like procuring such machines is like lot of invest lot of investment right so but now if you take all the machines on the internet uh, exploit the vulnerability in them like a buffer overflow and you control them and like uh, the machine operates as expected most of the time but only when the commander says like oh launch a denial of service also they launch all these packets into the server and they'll bring the server down so oh. this is a serious problem that happens Uh, in real world so and there are like a lot of solutions to address it right so um, and then they now now the broadcaster can be held to ransom and various other things can go wrong so this is like an attack and then there are a lot of ramifications that uh, occur with attacks right so what we wanted to do was prevent these attacks in the first place so rather than like uh, so you have a fever like i can give you a medicine for a fever right an antipyretic but rather than like fever is to uh, the body responds to an infection right treat the infection yeah so in uh, the analogy in the setting that i gave you was your program had a error which was a buffer overflow and why do buffer overflows occur like you have a buffer let's say like you have a, a, a some allocated space like 10 units of space and you are accessing beyond whatever you are supposed to access but c is a very permissive language and uh, this is why uh, errors occur now my, my solution was oh, so let's let the compiler and the hardware check uh, to ensure that you are not accessing beyond the region mm-hmm. that you are supposed to access so this is like you have a highway right like uh, your cars are like there's a speed limit of 65 mm-hmm. 
and like, your cars like since there is no enforcement everyone is going at 100 uh, but now like if you have a radar at every uh, 500 meter spot like no one will go because like they'll get a ticket automatically sent to your house <laughs> if you exceed the speed limit uh, so the so the it enforces like uh, no one violates the speed limit the same thing like the soft bounds was a compiler technique uh, which enforced these uh, bounds for every memory allocation and this was so it was a combination of hardware and software and this is the idea that intel was excited and eventually incorporated as part of its tool chain great great wow sounds very interesting even though i don't know half of it <laughs> so oh, um, so, sir, um, you you mentioned how it's really nice and easy to um, juggle between research and teaching in US. So, um, how was the exposure different from when you were in India? And uh, do you think there's any advantage over you being there? And like, also, what is like the major difference that you found? Um, so that's an interesting question, right? So, so the US academic system is slightly different. So, being a professor in the US is like running your startup. Oh, okay, so as a, uh, so as a professor, you should have an interesting idea, technical idea. Okay, so uh, you should have a technical problem that you want to solve. And uh, you need to like, you need to fund, like you need to hire people to solve it. Like you cannot do everything alone, right? So you need to hire people, so you have to raise money. And typically the money is for, through NSF grants or industry gifts. So you attack. And generally, like you're trying to solve problems that are like 10 years in advance. Like in, in 10 years, uh, what 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 would what what are the problems that would become compelling? So so you have to raise money. So like a startup venture capital, right? So and then you have to hire good people because this is where like uh, recruitment and other things, right? And then you have to evangelize, like advertise, right? So you have to uh, give talks. You have to write like reasonably good papers and like. Uh, get the entire community excited by it. So I would say academia in the US has like a lot of similarities to a good startup. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of pressure, right? So as a junior faculty member, like uh, uh, you are given with, uh, yeah, you have, you have been successful, you have a PhD or uh, some people even have postdocs. And now uh, go establish a program for yourself. And then you are evaluated by your peers at the end of like six or eight or nine years to uh, award tenure. So you have to establish a name for yourself. So this is a bit different. So uh, in an R1 university, which is research uh, oriented university. So this is what I, uh, the, the initial six years of an assistant professor looks like. You have to create an agenda, like this is being successful in a startup, right? Um, so teaching is important. Like typically a research active faculty teach uh, one or two courses a year. Um, um, as long as you're active in research, like maybe slightly higher in some cases. But, um, and teaching like supplements, as I told you, like uh, it'll make you a good communicator. Like you, um, uh, you empathize with students, you understand what students are not understanding. It, it enables you to identify opportunity. So it's a, it's a bit different than Indian academic system in that regard. Like even like if you look at IASC, so I think the need to raise funds is not that much uh, necessary in India. Like IAC, all students are funded uh, by the government, right? So all PhD students are funded by the government. So in contrast, like US, like I as my uh, I as an advisor pay about like some K amount of money to my students for the tuition, for their uh, stipend, for the health insurance, and various things. 
so i have to like unless like you are super rich like you have to raise money uh, so so this is the difference so i think like uh, iits iis are slightly different the indian eco education ecosystem is kind of like it has a long way to go so there is so there is more emphasis on degrees rather than knowledge Mm-hmm. that's not just a flaw with uh, indian system right it's just a flaw in many places but at least uh, i think uh, the things are changing so, so i talk to more students now their their people are more passionate so rather than emphasizing just uh, or degrees like it's more about like what did i learn you want to be proficient mm-hmm. right so so i think this is this is something that indian educational system can address and the other thing is about research like research is non existent mm-hmm. um uh, apart from the top places right like uh, such as iic iits so most of the students like it's not as i said like it's not lack of talent right it's just lack of orientation in some sense so these are the differences again uh, again i'm opinionated like i'm just expressing my opinion so people may uh, <laughs> uh differ from my opinion but this is just my assessment of what the differences are yes um so personally i know my friends who actually might be slightly inclined to research but they are so skeptical because like everyone is just going for corporate jobs and like you know uh, rushing to the nearest just corporate life that they can because they want that security and um like what do you think should would bring about a change in indian educational system at least like from um like from our side like peer peer support like pisa we are trying to bridge the gap like we're trying to help students understand that it's not just the degree alone there's so many other things that come uh, with your degree that is so important like you said communication skills expression all of that is just so important and um we're trying to bring about uh, like a more wholesome experience and do you think is there is any way we can you know uh, implement that like better in uh, this current scenario yeah so that's a good question so right so um i think computer science and like stem in general is an amazing field uh, in this regard there are like there are a lot of industrial job options so i i should like uh, even though research is all important great and blah 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 i want to emphasize having a good vibrant industry is critical for any field so mm-hmm. i think you should be happy that computer science has a vibrant job industry and now like should you be doing research or should you be uh, doing research uh, should you be taking a job or should you be uh, getting into research like evaluate your options like there's no recipe right not everyone should be like doing research because someone else did research yeah uh, so 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 i think like uh, most people don't know what their passion is mm. or what they really want to do right so if uh, research requires drive and passion right so and like willing to flow through a lot of things so if uh, after your undergraduate degree like uh, research uh, you got a, a really interesting job and that excites you go work for two years mm-hmm. and see how the how things are and then typically what happens is you work for two years you get bored of it like i want to try on different things and then uh, you can apply for a phd apply uh, for postgraduate degrees and see if you want to explore research and uh, there there is also research done in industrial settings right so uh, if you work in a reasonably good company there may be interesting problems for which you need to produce solutions you can write uh, you, know, you can produce interesting ideas and then 
um uh, if it is worthwhile for the world to know you can publish that so those are all good things you can do so so i think i uh, i would emphasize this like during your undergraduate option undergraduate degree so your your focus should not be you know i want to do research i want to do go to industry right improve your skills mm. uh, again i speak from a cs perspective right like yeah, you are a cs student like you want to have abstractions critical thinking skills and problem solving skills yeah uh, so you develop this and uh, everyone has to do a thesis project explore some research uh so uh, try like what would be interesting to solve and and go from there so rather than like being so as as you said like uh you need to be a good communicator of ideas right so so you need to communicate your ideas very well if, if people cannot understand you so even if you have a brilliant idea you will the world will not know it yeah. so so you need to know how to communicate ideas and some people are gifted right so they are born with a silver spoon others like need to acquire this skill and all the all it needs is practice 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 right so you don't have to uh, not all skills can be learned even research like it's all hard work right so this is a famous uh, quote by eric bedsheg he won the nobel prize in chemistry in 2014 uh, and this is like a quote i tell my uh, students all the time right um uh, so uh, anything any endeavor in your life requires a lot of hard work okay and you need to be passionate about it so you work 5% more than the the best person in your area just 5% more so it multiplies hard work is like compound interest oh uh, it will not show it it's not it will not show in one day right like you continuously do it for a period of time your knowledge will be two or three times more than the best known person on earth so so i would say like it's like you see someone and you're wowed by it like oh don't think they're geniuses like it's it's like they put in a lot of hard work over a long period of time and that is what is showing up uh, right now and i think like this is what i say i would say like to be successful you don't need to be genius there is this mad uh, uh, following cult right so we're like oh you're they are genius you magically produce but science and everything happens through persistent hard work yeah you need to be reasonably good like be in the right place at the right time but you should flow through like you should uh, persevere through failures persevere through uh, persevere with hard work over a long period of time and eventually success will pay off got it sir so so i think i would suggest uh, so to uh, to emphasize your point develop communication skills like especially articulating your ideas and mm-hmm. uh, second like critical thinking and problem solving skills and third like be open towards industry explore opportunities there is google summer of code like where you can develop like uh, your programming skills then you can like apply for a lot of fellowship right like summer research fellowship there is like iisc has this new internship program uh, for undergraduate students and i i do see a lot of uh, nitk students uh, doing internships at iisc so those are all fantastic opportunities explore them yeah and um, yeah. Like, keep an open mind got it got it so sir you mentioned how um, the whole persistent hard work goes a long way so um, i think we would like to hear some of your some of the times when you faced like some setback when you obviously hard work isn't just going to give you benefits it's going to have some uh, some at some point you must have faced uh, a roadblock of sorts so could you elucidate on that and how did you cope with it yeah so this is 
I think like uh, this is uh, this is uh, the history is written by the victors, right? So generally, like you don't hear all the failure stories because like yeah. people only hear only hear people who are successful. So uh, that that's not. I'm not saying like oh you should uh, uh, advertise your failures, right? No one wants to do that. No one wants to sound a failure. So that said, like failure is a part of life, right? Like as I said, you do a startup, you will fail 99% of the time, 99.99% of the time. and you do research like no one can predict the future right so you fail uh, most of the time 99% of the time so so failures are a fact of life you need to accept it like sometimes like people are going through we are all humans right we are going through various phases in life some failures affect us much more than other failures so uh, so i'll start with like various dimensions right one uh, personal failures like for example you lose a, a loved one uh and this can have a lot of repercussions when you are in, at various stages in your life right like in your formative years like it could be a lot more emotional turmoil so so i think uh, having a good support system who can uh guide you through is extremely important uh so this is about personal failures and i think uh, like no no one can console a grief right like only time and memory can actually uh allow you to heal from uh loss of uh, uh, loud ones so the next thing is uh, uh, uh some of this like people have lofty expectations they want to accomplish everything in life mm-hmm. uh so 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 when they don't live up to their expectations they have the sense of failure uh so like let's say i want to be the uh, <laughs> uh, uh like i want to be ai triple u number 1 right so they don't get it like they get upset Uh, or like IIT JEE number one, like uh, so they uh, so I think like set realistic expectations. Like you should like life is all about. Uh, you need to be driven, so you need to have ambition. Like drive gives you ambition, right? And you also need to be content. Uh, content in the sense, right? Like, you should be uh, satisfied with yourself. It's this delicate balance of ambition and content, uh, satisfaction that is required in life. So you should be like. it's a short life live in the moment okay so like uh, but you should also have the uh, the fourth sight like or you you should also have the uh, vision to see what i want to be in the future so it's a delicate balance you need to mix them so how do you deal with failures like uh, sometimes like uh, re- having a good support system so to, to to give my examples like some of the things i was uh, Uh, pretty upset about right as i as i said like uh, when i did my uh, undergrad days I, i was excited by research like i was uh, like i didn't get into like i uh, probably i told you earlier like i didn't get into any of this research internship at iisc right so it it, uh, it did upset me like i'm good like i'm i'm topper in my cs class why am i not getting into iisc for a research internship right and like th- this notion was like oh it's very important to get a letter from iic professor to get a phd in the us <laughs> so like there are this mindset like now i laugh at it like looking at looking at it 15 years later or 20 17 years later right but these like affect you when you are a junior student uh, but like this is just because that you don't have the vision so you just go through like yeah accept failure like how can you improve uh, the next thing that you could also do is like Uh, failing in coursework right so why do people uh, fail in coursework because they have either lack the skill lack the effort or lack the focus and this could happen because you are 
are dragged down in multiple directions so 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 this typically happens right so and in your teenage like in generally in the teenage years like there is lot of freedom right so what happens is like i want to do 100 things like i want to be in club 1 club 2 club 3 i want to uh, do carry projects and then also do my courses you neglect something and that's why you lose you, you don't make the appropriate progress so that's one thing you can address by channeling okay cut down do one thing but do it well so this is uh, about and then uh so how do you deal with like uh, you expect something like oh i wanted to get like the fattest paycheck after your graduation right like and you don't get it like you get failures uh, with that but come on like this is where prioritizing what you want in life is important it's not life is not a race you have certain things you need to focus on what like drives you so so sometimes people are very myopic it's not people right like it's like i've been a student i i, I see students and like they are like so driven they they do not getting the big picture mm-hmm. and sometimes having someone who can make you think about the big picture is important so so the emphasis is good support system it could be parents it could be friends it could be mentor having a good support system is extremely important mm-hmm. uh, to deal with failures all kinds of failures personal professional and uh, research wise all right so thank you though that that was some insight regarding failures um i hope everyone got a proper perspective on that and um so sir i think that is all so thank you so much for joining us and it was great to speak to you um got some great insights and um thank you so much for um sharing your life stories and everything uh, it means a lot and i hope we can continue this uh, relationship with peace up and uh, thank you so much for coming again awesome thanks again for inviting me and uh, people know my contact information if they really want to talk about research and in general a different perspective um i do answer to a lot of questions but like also keep in mind like what happens with if you are a faculty member in the us is you get like 600 emails a day so so, so you have to prioritize and sometimes like your email is so overflow uh, uh, is flooded that like you just delete everything without even looking at it <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, but generally like people prioritize and like people are like very responsive so i wish all like uh, it's a great time to be in uh, in any of the stem field like a great time to be in nitk so there are a lot of opportunities i would say like there is coursera audacity edx where you can learn from the best yeah uh, in the world and take courses prioritize and do these courses and uh, do internships and like it doesn't hurt to ask and generally don't spam people with generic emails right like people hate it like for example like you want like a specific question and you ask you have a specific question about research like go do the homework and about this particular research and then ask a person and people are passionate passionate about uh, passionate to talk to other people about their own work Yeah. So that's it. I think it's horrible time uh, with the pandemic and the stuff. So you don't have the social interaction that is required. Uh, but but I think like sometimes there are like this is a boon in disguise, right? Like use this as an opportunity. Stay safe. Um, and uh, learn. Like me use this opportunity to learn in something interesting. And thanks again for inviting both Jeffina, Aditya, and Stefan. 
thank you so much sir thank you so much for coming to the podcast awesome. all right i will put up his links and everything uh, with, along with the podcast for those of you who want to go uh, see his research papers and everything yeah all right thank you so much for joining sir and thank you to all the viewers um that's it thank you right. bye um uh-